audience, well, are they interested in Portrait of a Young Lady on Fire or The Cameraman? Um, I'm sure they'd know. be absolutely fascinated, but um, uh, we might give it a few more years. Uh. <laughs> well, on that note, I, I don't think we introduced you. Uh, it's your first time on this podcast, uh, David Seeley. So, David, you want to say a little, a few words about yourself? Okay. Um, you might have to give me something to start out with, though. I'm uh, well, t- tell you what. I, I'll start with just your country. So you're in the UK. I am, yeah. And and where in the UK? Uh, I, I'm in the UK. I live just outside of London in Surrey. And uh, oh, Surrey, okay, yeah. yeah. A good good friend of mine is from Surrey. So uh, I've not not been to Surrey, but I feel like I have. Um, well, yeah, it's a nice down here. We only moved down here ourselves uh, sort of about six seven years ago when we when we had the kids. So. Uh, it's, we're out of the city now, and it's uh, quite nice. It's a, a little bit of greenery, and it's a bit quieter. Uh, so it's a nice place to, to be on the weekends and stuff. And so you've been a fixture on the groups uh, really for, I, I want to say, a, a couple of years now, David. Does that sound about right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, uh, maybe I've been on the Criterion Now uh, group for probably about 2017, something like that. I think I've been there. I, I've been there for a while. And I've definitely been listening to the shows and stuff for for years. I mean, you guys are, you know, I mean, obviously this is the first time we've we've had like a, like a, a you know, proper conversation. But you know, you guys all feel like <laughs> kind of old friends in a way because I've been listening Absolutely. to you for years. Like, and we've we've had uh, quite a few exchanges on, on social media and stuff in the past. But uh, yeah, and I know you've you've done uh, David David Blakely's. Um, Blakesley's, sorry, David, I can't say his name. Uh, Criterion Reflections a couple of times, so it's nice to, to see you uh, dipping your toes into the water. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun actually uh, doing the podcast because I've listened to them for years and now suddenly actually participating in them. It's quite quite a lot of fun and it's been really interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a great outlet for um, for this situation. So um, on that note, I'll, I'll give a little update. Uh, uh, so we are, I, th- I think you can say we're officially back from hiatus. I took a little break, uh, I don't know, probably about three months, maybe even longer. Maybe, I think if you count recording and editing, probably about four months. But a lot of that time, I, we uh, had that Modine episode uh, in the in the can, so to speak, for a few weeks. So, well, the, you know, the, the good thing, again, trying to look for a bright side uh, of this weird situation is have a lot more time on my hands and uh, a lot of my you know pretty much all of my trips have canceled so this is a great outlet so I'm doing uh, the, uh, this is the second show in a week or I, I did one last weekend and doing one this weekend and we'll keep it up so we have another one planned here uh, shortly it might be actually tomorrow even uh, to talk about oscilloscope who is a US label I think you've probably seen us discuss them yeah yeah. I think we've and, got uh, it down on the agenda to talk about about them tonight. Yeah, we will. Um, and we also, so I, I should also let our listeners know there was a little gap from the transition from the 25th frame back to Criterion Cast where I didn't have all the back episodes up. And I just finished those about a minute before we started talking, David. So they should be on the feed now. Might need some formatting, but I don't think anybody's going to gonna mind that. So if you're I, I kind of missed not having episode 100, which I had a lot of fun recording, and then 101, and uh, some other fun things. It was kind of like going through uh, memory lane. Uh, you know, seeing uh, Odorama was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, and then the Indicator show, I enjoyed seeing that. So anyway, that's all up, uh, as well as there's an Arrow show, and a lot more. And on that note, so you're in the UK, and I know you are interested in Criterions, but also Region B. I do have... 
well, obviously Region B, you live in Region B, but um, how, how are you as far as Criterion Collection, or uh, do you own a lot, or? Well, I, I own, uh, yeah, I own a pretty sizable Criterion um, uh, selection, uh, but obviously because um, up until a few years ago when they started distributing them here, they, they were quite expensive to import. So quite often I would probably opt mm. for the for the uh, domestic release of, of a given film. Like so my collections, uh, I, I, I'm Masters of Cinema complete. I've been collecting them since Very they cool. started um, releasing them back in what, about 2007-ish, I guess, was it? And oh, I think it was more recent because they were definitely on blue. I'm thinking about four years, five years. Oh yeah, well they've been around for quite a while because I go back right back to the DVD days. I think I I hopped on board the Masters of Cinema when they probably only had about like a dozen titles in their catalog. And so, sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm thinking Criterion UK. Yeah, yeah, Masters of Cinema. That's about right. Yeah, yeah, so. uh, but but yeah, now that Criterion is. Um, uh, got a presence over here. Well, there's kind of good things about it and bad things. A good thing is that obviously they're they're a bit cheaper to get a hold of, although their their price point's still quite a bit more expensive than than a lot of the others. And I noticed that. Uh, and yeah. also because obviously they're because they're a much more uh, established company and they're kind of snapping up a lot of the the uh, distribution rights to a lot of films in the UK. So a lot of the smaller UK based labels now, I think, have been uh you know they've had to re readjust themselves and lost uh, the licenses to a lot of films and stuff so um so i mean that's not a bad thing i guess from a collector's point of view cuz as long as we get the films really and they're in good quality editions i suppose it's not not worth complaining about but um yeah it seems like the the list price is maybe about 30 40% higher for criterions it just i i look at the the dollar conversion, of course, since that's my money. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and they seem a, a good bit higher than Arrow and Masters of Cinema. Yeah, Arrow and Masters of Cinema usually new releases uh, come in at about fourteen pounds, fourteen fifteen pounds. Mm-hmm. But uh, Criterion's usually start at uh, eighteen nineteen pounds. Uh, yeah. And things like uh, the Tree of Life and things that are kind of multi disc sets are usually well over twenty pounds. Sometimes uh, you can wait and you get, every once in a while they have sort of little um, two-for deals and things like that, and you can snap them up for a little bit cheaper, but, but generally they're, they're still quite expensive compared to the other labels. And we haven't really talked about Criterion UK too much, but they're, it's not, not the same uh, titles. I believe there's one or two a month, and, and yeah, I, I, I look at the uh, UK prices somewhat often and yeah i guess there are sales through uh through amazon or whomever or maybe savvy but um but the list price doesn't change too much so that's that's it whereas uh, uh, masters of cinema has sales all the time um, yeah it used to be the trick was you'd wait sort of four or five months and then the prices would dip right down and that's usually when a, there was a certain sweet spot when i would always jump in and say okay i'll i'll grab that one now because it's gone down to about a tenner or something and that's comfortable but but nowadays that mm. doesn't seem to be happening i guess maybe because they're just not selling as many as they used to so the mm. the prices tend to stay pretty stable up in that sort of 15 17 pound range so or, it's annoying maybe 
maybe they're selling as uh, more than they expected so they can still get that price yeah maybe who who knows let's hope so so uh, i'd like to think so let's hope so yeah and i think someday uh, we haven't done we've talked about doing a masters of cinema podcast that's one of the big labels uh i'd say probably the biggest that we uh boutique label that we haven't really covered in in detail um part of that was because there was a masters of cinema podcast Mm. and i don't think they've had a new episode for a couple years now i I know they stopped and then started and stopped in fact they were going to do our show once yeah and we just couldn't get our scheduling right in fact i think david you might be our first uk guest so wow oh well uh, i'm honored yeah well i mean we didn't uh, <laughs> you're you're not meeting a quote or anything but I'm, and I, I i might be forgetting we we might have had somebody before but um well you, you've anyway, had a you are, chap well, from australia haven't you and you've had and you, obviously you've had uh daisuke from japan so that that's pretty good you've covered uh the the bases pretty well i think uh yeah before we uh uh, go down that rabbit hole. Uh, let's talk about the the new releases. So we have the June announcements. Um, so uh, now I guess I'll start. Are, do you you? I know you have a considerable collection uh, from uh, Criterion UK and from importing. But when when you see big announcements, do you tend to buy them overseas? Are they worth that that premium price? Well, it really depends on what it is, I guess. Um, and nowadays, because Criterion UK seems to um, a, a, even though it might take a few months, they do seem to be coming out over here as well. So I don't tend mm-hmm. to pounce quite as quickly as I used to. I, I tend to kind of hold back and wait and see. Uh, there are a few exceptions to that. I bought Magnificent Ambersons straight off the bat. Oh, and good. I've pre-ordered yeah. Showboat. <laughs> uh, and I had to um, uh, end up, I, I ended up buying uh, Andre Rublev from from the States because they canceled the UK uh, release over here for some reason, which I think it had to do with a little bit of a censorship because they've got quite strict rules about animal violence. That's right. The the horses. I do recall that. Yeah, it was a little little controversial. Um, Well, we have uh, five titles. Uh, So Criterion was a little late in announcing them. Uh, I think, well, the one thing about situations like this is... Well, first off, you do see some the the bad in some people. There are some some, uh, for example, here in the United States, we had a situation where people sold their stock. Our uh, uh, politicians sold their stock before uh, they got out to the public. But anyway, you <laughs> not to dwell on that. But you also see a lot of the good in people, and um, and I think that so Criterion Collection, their offices are in New York. Uh, we knew last week that they were working remotely. And we had a conversation in, on episode 105, and a little darker, a little more somber tone, uh, just trying to get our heads around uh, this situation. And we had Josh, who's been um, been kind of battling this for the last few weeks. So it, I think a, a lot of people were accepting of Criterion, uh, and uh, in fact, I, I reached out to them and sent them a note, and they were very appreciative. Um, but you know, the the 15th I think was last Sunday. And usually it would be pretty reliable that they would come out with the announcements the prior or the next um, next day, uh, the next weekday. Uh, this time they uh, they didn't have to, but they sent a note out saying, "Hey, they were impacted by this uh, this virus. They were working from home, and they would love to get them out, but they're going to give us a couple days or a day or two is what they said." And it turned out being two days. So I was actually they don't have to do that, and there have been times where uh, where people 
are on the 15th looking for those announcements and get frustrated but when they don't show up which you know it's I understand both sides but uh, but you know there there are people too and they're a company but this time I didn't uh, notice a lot of people really caring I think we were all um, uh, otherwise uh, occupied with our own situations so yeah anyway two days late but you know I, I, I even told them when I in our correspondence I said I was glad they took the time to uh, to get them out to us because frankly their personal situation was more important so mm, absolutely uh, did you were you really thinking about the, the, the couple, three-day delay, two, three-day? Well, to be honest, I don't tend to to dwell too much on the new release thing. I mean, when the news comes out, mm. I, usually I find out from either you or one of the one of the guys on Criterion now posts something, and that's usually when I find out about it. I don't tend to be um, that fixated on waiting for it. I just <laughs> wait till it happens. Um, the only exception to that was I kind of got more for the fun of it. Just when the Spine One Thousand thing, I, I, you right. know, I kind of um, got involved in that just because it was fun and it was an exciting, uh, you know, thing to happen. And I because we there was a good um, uh, people anticipated that it was going to be Godzilla, and I had a particular interest in that one. So I kind of got involved in that and kind of got into the spirit of getting all excited about it and participating in all the posts and everything. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, but I don't tend to usually. I just, you know, when the announcements come, they come and, and, I, and I'll have a look and, and that's great. But I don't tend to um, spend too much time worrying about them in advance, if you know what I mean. I just wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, try try having a podcast about them. <laughs> yeah, well, I can imagine. even if even on hiatus. Uh, yeah, that that's become a. I guess it's a ritual for us, and and sometimes I, I schedule my. I wouldn't say my life, but uh, you know, if it's a fifteenth, I and oftentimes I'll. Well, I'll find ways to uh, check the website pretty regularly. Um, but we had the uh, the June slate was announced, and uh, and I I think it's a pretty um pretty interesting. A uh, batch of titles. I, I think worth waiting those couple few days for. Uh, it, this is a great we'll one, it. actually, Aaron. I'm, I'm so glad, mm-hmm. like, for my very first time uh, being on the podcast here, that we have such a great new release schedule here because uh, these are some great titles. <laughs> yeah, so let's dig in. So we first have on June 9th, we have An Unmarried Woman. So that was. Uh, I believe this was one of the, one of the last Jason Poland clues. So. Uh, I, a bit, of, bit of a bummer. Uh, I, I believe this was a clue, wasn't it? It's been a few uh, yeah, now. Yeah, I can't so. remember, actually, but uh, you might I be think, right. I think it was. Anyway, it's Paul Mazurki, Mazurki, Mazursky, uh, Jill Clayburgh. Uh, I have a feeling that a lot of people haven't seen this. I I have. It's uh, it's one of those, you know, 70s, uh, I guess, sex comedies, sort of. It's a little bit risque, but... Uh, it, more, I, I, th- I think it's more about uh, kind of a, a female agency. Uh, so Jill Clayburgh is is definitely. Um, uh, I, I hate to, hate to use the phrase liberated because of women's lib, but uh, I guess maybe more empowered person. So I, I I think it's kind of refreshing in that way. Mm-hmm. However, it is directed by a male, but um, but I, I think it is an interesting film. Have you seen it? Uh, I have, but it's been many many years, so I probably. I only have very vague recollections of it, but I do remember enjoying it. Um, I can't even remember when I saw it. It was probably many, many years ago. 
Yeah, it's not one you think of as high art, but uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I, th I think it's probably not as um, probably probably doesn't get the the due it uh, it deserves, the credit it deserves, just because it is sort of a romantic comedy. Uh, so I think people will like it. I really like the cover with the uh, the different little, uh, I guess, snapshots of uh, Clayburgh mm. doing some sort of dance. So um, I don't remember that scene. It looks like still shots from the film, but uh, but yeah, interesting cover. And uh, we have a uh, so um some some we have a co commentary with a Mazursky and Clayburgh from two thousand five so probably from a DVD I'm guessing yeah uh -huh. presumably yeah and then we have uh, some interviews with actors uh, and then an interview with Sam Wasson on uh, Mazursky's work uh, he's an author I don't I don't recognize the name I remember there was another Wasson I think Bill Wasson who was an actor but maybe they're brothers I don't know. And then uh, an audio recording of Mazursky speaking at the AFI, uh, so in 1980. Um, I, I tend to um, not love the audio recordings. I've gone on record about those, but uh, but you know, take what you can get. Maybe in this new normal, it'll be nice to just kind of put it off, put it on in the background as like a podcast uh, since we're working from home um, and putting it on our TVs while we're working. So. Uh, so I, I guess I'll just ask this for every title. Is this one that's worth pouncing on, or are you going to wait? Uh, I, I mean, I'm certainly interested in seeing it again. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I would prioritize this one, though, just because um, it's not something I really have really strong memories about really liking it. So um, I, I think this would be a, a kind of a snatch it when it's on sale kind of title for me, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one day... Uh... <laughs> So we'll we'll move on to the next one. So we have on the sixteenth the camera cameraman. So believe it or not, this is Buster Keaton's first appearance in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Well, as a director, I think he starred in something. I'm gonna look it up. But did, did he direct this actually? Well, I should I should say as a star. Yeah. Uh, he, as Edward, Edward Sedgwick Sedgwick directed this. Um, yeah, I think the so MGM this, ones he didn't direct them, did he? He kind of was you're right. uh, a hired uh, hired hand in those. Kind of like the Harold Lloyd uh, deal, mm. where he was the yeah, but he did direct others. I'm gonna look for him while we're talking about this. Uh, I will say that the cover for this one is striking. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really um, nice actually. Who did this? Let's see. It this was um it doesn't say or uh new cover by Victor Malamed. Victor Malamed. I have to look him up as well. So I'm, I'm in the midst of looking at up a lot of things. So I'll, I'll just ask if if you've seen this one yet. Uh, I have certainly seen the film before, yeah, but uh, I'm quite excited about this. And uh, just to go back to Masters of Cinema again, they've got a new box set of Buster Keaton stuff coming out very shortly as well. So it's a good time to uh, be a Buster Keaton fan. I think there's lots of really good uh, stuff coming out. There is, and I yeah, I have the, the first edition of the Masters of Cinema box set. I, I think that was... Those were his big ones. Uh, I think the General Steamboat Junior, and um, Our Hospitality. I believe was a, the the first three. Yeah, that's right. And then the next three, I've I've pre-ordered as well. So love love some Buster Keaton. Yeah. Haven't seen this one, uh, and I I looked and it's um, I guess he was with the Pierre Ate film films, and also he was in Limelight. I, I believe I, at least his name shows up on. Uh, on a search for uh, on the Criterion website. Hmm. I can't so remember this is, uh, an, if he's in there or not. Yeah, actually, 
I, I don't either, but I know he did. He was a you know late, later in his career he did do some um, some bit part acting. You know I think people bring him in as a just to pay tribute and pay, uh, homage to uh, his talent. So uh, and I'm sure Keaton loved him, or I'm sorry Chaplin loved him. Um, yeah, this is looking like a really stellar release. Uh, I, th- I think he, they probably can't get the rights to his other films, uh, and in the states Cohen has those uh, has the majority of those, but. So I think they're doing uh, Buster Keaton right with this uh, this box set. So or not box set. Well, maybe I should call it a box set. So there's another film called Spite Marriage, which is another MGM film. Uh, so that's um, it's 1929. I, I don't suppose you've seen that one, have you? Uh, no, I don't think I have actually. Okay. Well, so th- anytime there's a, a bonus film, that's great. And there's a, a new documentary called uh, Time Travelers, so I'm curious about that. And uh, another documentary with uh, with Brownlow and, and Christopher Bird, and I'm a big fan of uh, Kevin Brownlow. Yeah. And I, I met him a few, with... a few years ago when they did one of oh, the wow. screenings of Napoleon, um, which yeah. is kind of his uh, life's work there, keep restoring that film. And they, they showed it uh, down at South Bank here with a live orchestra and uh, went down oh. with a friend and we <laughs> spent the whole day watching it. It was just amazing. And then at the end, I he bet. came into the pub at the, the one in South, at, uh, at the NFT, their little pub in the front. Uh, so we actually uh, had a chat with him for a few minutes. So Wow. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, he's a, yeah Napoleon's a... How how did the the triptych work with on the big screen? Oh, it's a, it's amazing. I mean, when you watch the Blu-ray, it doesn't do it justice. But when you see it yeah. up uh, projected, uh, and with the orchestra and everything, it was uh, it was a really great experience. Yeah, one day, one day. So it won't won't be anytime soon. But uh, yeah, yeah, is, and we've talked about it before on the show. There's the uh, the Brown Brownlow and Carl Davis uh, dispute. Uh, so that's impacting uh, what we'll get in the states. But uh, but yeah. So hopefully someday. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, not Carl Davis. Uh, Coppola. Yeah. Coppola yeah. is the uh, yeah. Carl Davis is one of the. Uh, you know, as according to Brownlow, uh, one of the good guys. I'm, well, I would definitely recommend Team Brownlow. Um, people get the get the BFI set because it's, yes. it's lovely and it's uh, uh, it, it is a film that really stands out well to repeat viewings actually, and you can kind of split it up over a couple nights if you're if you're uh, you know bum gets tired. Um, and I understand that the Cinematheque in France is actually working on a restoration as well uh, at the minute, so you might get to see a oh, cool. a, a, a different sort of uh, version of the film uh, going forward in a couple of years. Interesting. Well, ho- hopefully, hopefully they haven't been set back by uh, this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were actually we're still planning, hopefully, to be in France in a few months. You know, we'll see how how the situation is over there. And uh, and Cinematheque Francaise is was going to be closed, but I think if you know, given the whole situation with the virus, I think people might go back to work. So we'll see. Um, anyway, I, I so I haven't seen the cameraman, so I'll just ask you: Would you say this is up to the level of uh, of his masterworks? I mean, understandable if it's not, but well, yeah, I, I I mean, it's definitely a really entertaining fun film very inventive lots of uh, great little gags and great moments um it, it's maybe not quite at the level of of say the general and and those those right. earlier films yeah. but but <laughs> it's a high bar yeah definitely but but it's definitely uh, i would say if you're a keaton fan you definitely 
uh, want to put this at the top of your shopping list and it, and it looks like a great release um, so I would definitely uh, I'll be getting it I'll, I'll probably wait and see if um, Criterion UK does it first uh, before I before I order one but uh, but I'll definitely be hopping on this one at some point yeah it's hard to hard to predict I, I know a lot of the Sony titles are are um, become Criterion UK but I don't know what other criteria they use uh, no pun intended criteria but uh, yeah, I can't wait for that one, and I can't wait for the next one. So we have a, a couple titles on the 23rd. I'll start with uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, so this is uh, Celine Siena. I think, I think that's probably not how you say her name, but uh, that's the best I'm going to do. And we know, we've known it's coming. This was, a, uh, this was from Neon Films. So they, they announced it uh, around the time they announced the Parasite, and, or a little prior. Actually, they, they put out a press release. So I'm not surprised this is the first of that batch that's come out. Uh, as it turns out, our local theater was just started showing this on the Friday, uh, actually last Friday, and then they closed the theater on Monday. So <laughs> didn't get a chance to see it in, on the big screen, but I, this is a kind of a nice, um, nice soon opportunity to catch up on it in, in June. So highly acclaimed, but did you get a chance to see it in the UK? No, uh, unfortunately not. And uh, I should be upfront in that I'm I'm quite derelict nowadays in keeping up with new films. <laughs> so uh, you know, I sp obviously I spend a lot of time with my Blu-ray and DVD collection in the evenings, like I said, and watch a film. But mm -hmm. I very very rarely get out to the cinemas anymore. And uh, and unfortunately now because of the situation that we're in at the minute, all the cinemas are shut anyway. So um, this yeah. will have to be one I'll have to catch it either you know when it comes on one of the streaming platforms or uh, I guess at some point if the if the Blu-ray comes this way, I'll I'll have a look at it. But I've heard a lot of really great things about this film. It sounds really interesting. Uh, so I look Same, forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say this is one of the top films of the year. So I've been, it, I've been wanting to watch it ever since it played. You know, it, it was acclaimed at Cannes, uh, and uh, and yeah, it, since as it started hitting the theaters here in in, in the states, and I've seen it elsewhere in Europe, uh, it was really really highly acclaimed. I was surprised that it did not get the Oscar nom. Although uh, that Les Misérables uh, adapt, well, sort of at I, I guess it's an adaptation. I haven't, I know it's kind of set in modern times. Uh, that looks interesting as well. But yeah, it's it's a new release, so I'm I'm always excited. I do love the cover. I, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't speak to what it means. Um, but uh, it certainly is a lady portrait of a lady. I don't see the fire. <laughs> it, it is a really I, I nice say, cover. I mean, I'm not really a, like a cover art guy, but uh, but I do think that is quite a striking cover. It looks really nice. Yeah, we have some gems this month. I think between this, the cameraman, and one we're about to discuss here uh, in a little bit. Um, so yeah, new release coming to Criterion. Yeah, I have so, to say, you uh, know, I happy. haven't even seen Parasite yet, and there's there's a few uh, wow. films. I only just watched <laughs> Roma on Netflix about two weeks ago, and you know that was what a couple years old. So that just puts it into yeah. perspective for your audience there that about how <laughs> up to speed I am with new releases. <laughs> well, generally, if you're watching Criterion's and well, definitely Masters of Cinema, which I, I think probably the majority of their releases are before 1930. Five maybe yeah know, usually yeah. maybe even nineteen thirty a lot of silent films uh, so so yeah I, but if you're waiting for these uh, boutique labels you probably get the the pick of the litter uh, so that'll be the parasite in Roma it's a good example 
And uh, also on the 23rd, we have uh, Tokyo Olympiad. Yes. So this, <laughs> this is a little interesting because this is uh, from the Olympic set. And uh, and so it's at the first, maybe the last, I'm not sure. But it, well, it's, it's, it's a splinter release from that set, but also it's an upgrade in a way too. So it is spine, uh, what spine is this? A 155. So it's interesting. And they have I, just a couple extra special features. Uh, one thing I'm I'll just be honest with the listeners, I was working on the show, so I'm a little behind on um, on uh, on catching up on what's what's been happening here. But but there's a, a new introduction from Cowie, Peter Cowie. Uh, what else new? And there's a new uh, documentary about Ichikawa. So sorry, when you say new, is that uh, do you mean that there's content on here that's not included in the the Olympics box? You know, I should know that it's in the other room, uh, so I, I, I uh, um, will have to. I'm, I'm not going to walk over there and get it right now and check. But sure. uh, it, it's interesting that they're releasing this in June. We, you know, it makes sense because the Olympics are scheduled to take place in June in Tokyo, and I'm kind. I'm, that's where the virus. I'm, I kind of don't expect the Olympics to happen this year, which is unfortunate. Um, I'd say it's actually a kind of a travesty. There's it's the first time in many many years that uh, that they would miss it but um but they were you know they're going to be in japan so this would be the coalesce with that release so it, you know it's, it's great to see it kind of coming back and coming out um but unfortunate that they can't time it with um with the olympics although if they don't get canceled then it's perfect so let's cross our fingers well i'll tell you what uh, aaron this this is a really great film and uh, I'm so excited about this release because I, I didn't buy the Olympics box set because there's only really a handful of films in there that I really wanted. And the box set was quite big and expensive. And I, uh, I just knew I would never watch most of it. <laughs> so I, I always <laughs> just held off hoping that the certain key titles like Olympiad and uh, Olympia and uh, the Visions of Eight... Uh, and and White Rock, the the kind of the the mm-hmm. key titles in there would get separate releases. Uh, I still kind of hold out hope that that will happen. And this is, you know, this is definitely the best of them. I I love this film. It's it's a favorite of mine. Uh, I think it's a because I'm not a sports guy. I'm not really. It's not something that I personally am interested in. But but this mm-hmm. film is much more than just a sports film. I think it's a it's a great. Uh, uh, document of just uh, uh, human, you know, of humanity really, uh, and about yeah. human behavior and uh, and uh, all the all the the stuff that goes with it. It's it's just such a great film. Uh, so I'm really excited about this release. Yeah, beautiful film, and uh, yeah, really just it's kind of it captures the art of uh, the athleticism. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I did check, and yeah, that, uh, that's one thing about the Olympic set is that there were not a lot of special features. So this bring, carries over what was on the old disc, and it has a, a couple new ones. So, um, so yeah, this is a, a exciting exciting disc to get. I I had the laser disc. I remember because that that's how far I go back. I actually used to collect the Criterion wow. laser discs back in the day, and this was uh, was one of the ones that I I used to love. This film, it was a great disc. It is a gem. I, I can't wait to see it again. And I've just, so this will be my fourth time seeing it. But uh, I, I will say I, I buy everything, as you, if you know, since you've been a listener. But uh, this is one I, I did not add to my cart. Uh, I decided to wait for a sale. 
just because I did watch the Olympics box set. And, I, and by the way, I, I thought that was a stellar box. Uh, even even if you're not an Olympics fan, I, there's it, it covers so much in history. So if you're looking for something to do uh, during your uh, <laughs> your quarantine, uh, this might be might be something on you there is a criterion channel in the uk right no no we we had film struck for about a year uh and then that's when right they, they that's had right. just brought it out and i had all kinds of trouble with it when it started because i was trying to use it on a amazon fire stick uh and and i would it was always crashing out and the films were sort of uh, stopping halfway through and all kinds of stuff so mm-hmm. eventually i just kind of gave up and I and then I just basically didn't use it for about three or four months, and then eventually I caved in and bought an Apple TV, and it worked beautifully. And I finally was able to get on there and watch all, a lot of great films. And then a few months later, then the the news came that they were gonna pull it because um, uh, of the AT and T merger, and it was just absolute um, gutting because I'd only just started getting into it, you know. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was unfortunate. So, uh, well, hopefully, I, I, it probably won't be anytime soon. But I, I think the Criterion has planned to get stuff over uh, to other other uh, regions or other areas. So, yeah, I, probably not. The no Criterion top of their channel here, unfortunately. But we do have B, BFI has a, a streaming thing, a BFI player that's like you can yeah. get it as a channel either on Amazon or Apple. TV. So I'm thinking I might, uh, if I do end up getting a bit more time to watch films and stuff over the next little while, I might um, go for that because it seems to be quite parallel. It, it has a pretty good selection of the same kind of content that Criterion Channel has. Yeah, I, I, I keep an eye on that. I, I heard, saw there was a little deal on it. But uh, anyway, uh, let's finish with the announcement. So we, the last one is, is the biggie, I think. This is the one that we've all been uh, waiting oh, for. Yes. And this is the, the the cover I mentioned is just, uh, uh, it's haunting. Uh, it's Come and See by Elm Klimov, uh, 1985. And this one is another, uh, it strikes me personally because I'd, I'd worked out a, a deal to get it, or an arrangement to get it at my local theater, and we were going to show it. Actually, it would have been tomorrow. <laughs> so, it's, it, obviously it was canceled. We had a, a World War II uh, history professor, or a, a professor that specializes in, in the, both world wars, so that was going to be uh, really an exciting um, discussion. Unfortunately, we, a couple of weeks ago, he traveled from uh, overseas, so he was self-quarantined anyway. So we uh, knew he, we weren't going to get him, and then, of course, theaters canceled. So so anyway, it, this is a... Uh, actually, I, I think we'll get... We will still get that screening back, but I'm thrilled to have the film uh, here uh, on Blu-ray finally. We've been waiting a long time mm. for it. I think we've expected it. So have you uh, had a chance to see Come and See? Uh, I have indeed, yeah. I, uh, I had an old DVD that I, I think was it was Artificial Eye, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they had the, the DVD rights here years ago. And um, the, this is, I'm so super excited about this. This and to- Tokyo Olympiad are the two that I'm just really mm-hmm. super excited about. Um, this is the one that I've been voting for on your poll every month for, for <laughs> since you've been doing them every month. I keep ticking this saying I'm going to keep ticking this till they do it. Um, and uh, so uh, finally, the, this film is, uh, you know, I don't use the term lightly, but I, I definitely would say this is uh, in the masterpiece category, just absolutely mm-hmm. essential viewing i i think they should make this essential viewing and uh, for uh, school children and uh, certainly in 
private public schools here in the UK. They definitely should show this to all the uh, up and coming wannabe prime ministers. Uh, th- this film hmm. is the most harrowing, uh, disturbing, uh, uh, fascinating film. Uh, it- it's just amazing uh, uh, um, to show you just the real horrors and the experience of, of war. And uh, even though it's obviously uh, um, about a specific uh, time in, in Russia's history and during the Second World War, uh, but I think it, it goes much deeper than that and just showing the, the sheer the, the impact on just average everyday people when when uh, war comes to town sort of thing. And uh, it's mm-hmm. just absolutely just striking the visuals, the the incredible imagery, the editing, everything about it. It's just uh, absolutely a stunning uh, experience to watch it. Yeah, the description I think is it hits it hits the nail on the head. Uh, says perhaps the most miserable, uh, visceral, visceral, impossible to forget anti-war film ever ever made. And I think that's uh, I think that's pretty accurate. It is uh, it's stunning, and, and I will say it's 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 a, a masterpiece. I agree with you. It's a, one of one of uh, my favorite war films, or I say favorite in quotes because it's it's not an easy watch. And it's not something that, uh, so I, I had also seen it, and I can't remember if it was DVD or, but it was not the best transfer, and I, I don't think we've had a, a great transfer since, no. and maybe until now, uh, and, and when the film came out. So we have a new restoration from most film, and um, and that's that's exciting. I, I don't know why, uh, I, I know this has been just kind of rumored for a while, so I don't know if it, the reason is because uh, they were working on the elements, but I, I'm I'm expecting that this is going to be a stunning uh, uh, viewing uh, experience and and yeah this visually it is uh, quite uh, quite the film even if it shows the horrors of war uh, and, th- and then we have an interview with Roger Deakins so now two-time Oscar award winner which is weird because he, he didn't get one for a while and we have an interview with uh, Klimov's uh, brother German uh, uh, Klimov or German Klimov uh, and then uh, Flaming Memory, a three-film documentary series uh, from 75 to 77 uh, featuring first-hand accounts of survivors of the genocide in Belarusia. So yeah, this is, is from the Belarusian perspective, uh, I think, this film. And then, uh, yeah, there, there's a few other supplements, but yeah, pretty packed disc. So, uh, so David, I'll ask, is this one of your... Are you gonna pounce on this one? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'll be I'll be getting this uh, kind of day one. I'll probably just import the U.S. one rather than wait, um, unless they announce a U.K. one uh, very very soon. I'll be ordering this because um, I can't wait. I gotta go and see. I gotta get and see straight away. You get it, <laughs> it, it to come and see in the U.K. So yeah, and that's that's the big uh, the big title of the the, the month. So um, yeah, that's uh, and that's the one that every as you mentioned, you've been clicking the button for every, every month in those polls. Um, uh, so yeah, there's uh, there you'll have to start clicking another button. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sure we'll find now something. Now it's it's Dursa so. Uzala because I want my Dursa Uzala. I gotta have it. <laughs> Criterion, come on, get on it, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's another elements issue. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm pretty pretty certain we we were talking about that the other day. Um, I, I will say I don't know if if it helps you at all, but um, at the Criterion Store, they're they're offering thirty percent off of pre-orders uh, through April. So uh, if you uh, order directly through them, that'll probably put it around the Amazon price range. So that's um, and plus you get the bonus points. 
Right. Well, uh, we have a few more items, and uh, uh, some of them are going to be bad news. You know, that's just the world we're living in. We, we, this is Criterion Now, not Criterion the Now that we want it to be. So, uh, so well, first off, we have some recent releases, so I'll, I'll just kind of throw them all out there. You already mentioned you pre-ordered Showboat, so that I know that's uh, exciting for you. But uh, we, uh, Bamboozled and Salesman just came out, uh, and then this coming week we have uh, Leave Her to Heaven and The Cranes Are Flying. Uh, and then Showboat is the week after that. So uh, aside from Showboat of that that grouping, uh, any any that excite you? Uh, well, I, I quite uh, I'm a big fan of Salesman, but I have the Masters of Cinema DVD. Uh, I'm assuming now that this means that we'll never see an upgrade of that one. So um, if if it comes to Criterion UK, um, then I will probably get that one. But the the DVD, to be honest, is quite a good. Um, you know, it's a it's a good transfer and it's a good quality and uh, I could probably live with it. Um, so I'll upgrade. That that'll be a kind of a get it in the sale kind of situation. I think. Uh, bamboozled. Yeah. I I I do vaguely think I did see that when it was in. You know, when it came out, when it was a new film. Um, I, I mean, it's good. I, I'm a big fan of Spike Lee. I think he's uh, amazing and he's made a lot of really good films and he's quite, um, you know, he, he's the kind of person I like. He's a bit of an upstart and he tells it like it is even when people don't uh, don't want to hear it. So uh, I really, uh, I, I have a lot of uh, respect for the man. Uh, bamboozled, I don't recall really liking it a lot because uh, it's kind of a hit you over the head kind of thing making its points and stuff um, but I, I think it's worth watching and I'd definitely be interested in watching it I, I would pick that up again like as a as a sale thing that's the kind of thing I might pick up cool all right well um, yeah I'm excited for the next next batch and uh, yeah we'll see how see how they are um, so again, bad news. So the, the big bad news, uh, which is not surprising, is the Cannes Film Festival is canceled this year. So I, I want to say this might be the first time it's been canceled since 68 when uh, they, they famously had the, uh, the riots. So this is, this is pretty crushing. I know you're not, you're not as much into new film, but I'd say it's kind of an important fixture. You know, whoever wins the Palme d'Or is going, that's kind of, uh, seals their, their fate, uh, and I, I don't think they announced the lineup. I don't recall if they even got to that. Um, I, I know they did, definitely didn't announce the Can Classics lineup. So uh, yeah, so I, I, I hate to ask how much of a bummer is that because I know it's pretty terrible. But um, are are you impacted by the Can f- Festival? Well, I, I, only in the sense that you, the same as you, usually it's a good uh, indicator of what the kind of interesting stuff that's going to be coming out over the next year or so. Uh, and uh, usually they got pretty good taste. Usually the films that win uh, the kind of the top uh, awards and stuff are usually pretty good. <laughs> it's a bit of an understatement. Mm-hmm. Generally, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, it, I mean, it is a bummer. I mean, uh, on top of a lot of bummers that are going on at the minute, it's, uh, it's a real drag that all this stuff's happening and, and it's ha- having such a huge impact. But... Um, I, I guess that'll just mean next year will be even more exciting when when everything is back on track, uh, and they'll have uh, so they'll have even more really good films to to come up with. So, yeah, the the downside is that I I think this is probably impacting film production, and and I've been wondering about this if if this is going to 
if there's going to be kind of a backlog on on prestige films because a lot of product productions are shut down so yeah so yeah maybe a lot of the films that were slated for this year maybe they will wait till next year because the box office is not uh, exactly um setting the world on fire uh, that's probably a bad bad choice of words there um but uh but yeah who knows and but i Again, I think it's the responsible thing to do. Yeah. You have people from all over the world going to France, and France at present is, uh, I don't know how many confirmed cases they have, but it's certainly in the, I think, in the top 10 uh, of, of the of volume of cases, and a lot of people have lost their lives. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the great thing, Aaron, is that the creative people, they always find ways, don't they? So we might get lots of really interesting things that will come out of this. Maybe, like you say, there'll be two people will end up quarantined in a room together that might not have uh, uh, spent any time together otherwise, and they'll end up writing something really amazing or coming up with a really cool idea or grabbing a camera and doing something interesting with that. So, you know, uh, some you know, you got to look at it that way. There'll be some something interesting uh, and exciting will come out of it uh, on the other end. I had that very thought. I, you know, I, I, I think we're in the same. Well, everybody's in the same boat. We're all kind of confined to our homes, and uh, and that that does give you a lot of time. And uh, and I, I imagine a writer confined to the home. Um, hey, I even saw that uh, George R. R. Martin is writing books. So, oh, wow. uh, you know, he's been taking him ten years. So yeah, the. Uh, not that there's an upside to a coronavirus or a, a pandemic, but uh, but yeah, I I think the creative juices will flow, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of things to say. Uh, so I'm I, yeah, so good art will come from this. Uh, you know, good art does come from tragedy, and um, and yeah, cre- I, I I think of uh, Kiarostami or not Kiarostami, but Panahi, who was uh, you know making films that when he was banned from making films. So yeah, creative people do find a way. And speaking of finding a way, so right now a lot of the art house theaters have been very challenged, uh, and I, I, I'm sure you're seeing this. Yeah. Uh, BFI, I, I think BFI is doing a special streaming service to um, to help through with the indie theaters, and uh, there have been a, a few initiatives like that. And uh, I've mentioned several times I'm on the board at a, for, for a small indie theater here locally, and they're shut down. But we you know we we have employees, so we have to figure out things to do and to keep people engaged and we, we, people want content too so uh, one thing i noticed is uh, that uh, in, in the states at least kino lorber is doing this sort of streaming platform with uh with with movie theaters i think it's in the the early stages and i, I don't know if it's I, i'm guessing it's just kino's library but I, I think that's a great idea if they can find a way to exhibit films to people over a stream um, I've, I've even seen uh, i think some theaters have, have been doing have been licensing streams and having a talk back where they, uh, they get, you know, kind of like what I mentioned with Come and See, get it somebody like that has expertise in the subject and they um, they discuss the film afterwards. So hopefully, speaking of creative people, uh, hopefully they'll come up with something to um, to kind of keep the art house theaters and this industry afloat. So, And also uh, new, new movies are coming out. Uh, is this happening in the UK? Uh, they... I saw they had the Invisible Man, which just came out in theaters a couple of weeks ago, is already up for rental, and some others. Yeah, there's been a few of kind of big releases that they've kind of uh, transitioned over to the streaming platforms and stuff straight away. I guess maybe just partly to take advantage of all the marketing and stuff that they've done for them, just so so that while they're still in people's kind of fresh in people's minds, they get them out there so people can at least see them. 
but I, yeah, a lot of releases have been cancelled, uh, everything's shutting down, but but I think you'll see a lot of that, that things will just go onto the streaming platforms quicker and they'll mm-hmm. cut deals quickly to get them transitioned over so people can have access to them. Yeah, I, and I think this is going to be transformative. Uh, we said that last week, but we're seeing it certainly now. So the big one was um, the movie Onward, Pixar. So it, And, and I'm, I'm not saying that Disney all of a sudden decided to be... Uh, benevolent and just give everything away you know they still have their their shareholders to please but it's there's no market you know as you mentioned they're doing all this marketing so they have to find uh you know people find a way to get these movies to people so i I noticed that their pixar's onward is uh available right now and it's going to be um it's going to go to their disney plus service as well so do do you get that in this uk uh the 24th of march is when it starts um yeah, they, they didn't start it here straight away because they'd already had licensing agreements with um, uh, Rupert Murdoch's outfit, their um, uh, Sky Sky um, Cinema mm. and stuff. Sky News? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. He, uh, he owns a streaming platform, a thing called Now TV, that, that show the kind of Sky Cinema uh, output as on demand. And uh, they already had some kind of deal with Disney so because of that, they had to hold off the launch of ah. Disney Plus until the rights revert back. So uh, it's it's starting this week. And I did sign up for it because they had a deal for people who signed up for it straight away. It was only like 50 quid for the whole for the first year. So it seemed like a bit of a bargain because I know my kids will use it a lot. So yeah, uh, one one thing I noticed is also the straight story is coming to Disney Plus in April. Yeah. so you'll you'll have that and you'll have a lot that's of that's a good uh, film. Of, that's, so a, that's a nice film. It is, actually. It is. Yeah, that's one uh, might might even be able to watch with the kids mm. uh, depending on their age. Um, yeah, you're going to have a lot of content available. Uh, I I I kept my Disney Plus for about maybe three four months just to get through what what I was interested mm. in. And it really is a nice service, but you know, not having kids, uh, there's there's a limit. To, um, I'll probably re up at some point, um, maybe for for onward. We'll see. I think onward in the straight story is worth one month at least. All right, David. Well, we have our short takes, and these are just films we've seen on the Criterion Collection re- recently. Uh, so, uh, w- what have you seen, David? Well, I'd, I've watched a few uh, uh, films. Uh, Criterion-wise, the one this week I watched just yesterday was Panique, which uh, I just picked up in a sale uh, very recently. And uh, I don't I don't recall ever having seen it before, and I was really, really taken by it. It's a really, really good, uh, good mm-hmm. film. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, Aaron, have you? Oh, yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Re- really good. I mean, it was quite striking, uh, the... The chap in it, you know, he's obviously this outsider in this uh, this uh, smaller town. I, I mean, I think it's supposed to be set in Paris, but it's kind of maybe just a small suburb or something in the city. And uh, all the locals are very suspicious of him and think he's a bit of an odd character. So when there's this murder uh, that takes place, uh, they all uh, suddenly kind of turn on him and suspect him. Mm-hmm. And it's all, uh, he's kind of gets sucked into this relationship with this sort of femme fatale who's the girlfriend of the actual murderer and uh, they they kind of have this little sort of thing going on manipulating each other uh, and and it has quite an affecting ending I thought it was quite the the big climax at the end I don't obviously I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it yet but it it's quite an effective uh, affecting ending because uh, you do get a lot of sympathy for the for the main character 
uh, through the course of the film. And uh, I, I really loved it. I thought it was really, uh, really good, uh, really good film. And I, I liked the little documentary about subtitles on there as well. Yeah. <laughs> We've, we've talked about that a few times, but it, it still still stands out. It's really, really yeah, great. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so anyway, I would definitely recommend people uh, check out Panique. It's a very, very good film uh, and a really good Blu-ray as well. The transfer is beautiful. Uh, so yeah. uh, I could definitely give you a, a good recommendation on that one to pick that one up if you get a chance. Love it. I'm uh, on board with you. I, I, you might remember we did that big Duvivier series on close-up. Uh, well, we did a, a lot of French French uh, 30s, uh, 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 I guess, a little series, uh, a lot of directors. And um, and so this is a, a late de Vivier work uh, written by Charles Spack and uh, has Michel Simon, who is amazing. Yeah, he's, he is and, such a good actor in this anyway. Like, he's yeah. just absolutely uh, just an amazing performance, very subtle little touches and, and moments uh, uh, of just, uh, you know, uh, his expressions and stuff. He, he's absolutely amazing performance in that film. Yeah, he's a, he's a master. And it's kind of a late career uh, effort for De Vivier. I think one of the, uh, probably the best best of his later works, probably post-war, I should say. And Simone had some other good ones afterward, but uh, but yeah, st- strong film. And uh, and yeah, I, just for the subtitle, one, I, I know I've broken record. I've, every time I hear Panique, I think of that subtitle uh, uh, supplement. Uh, really, really a gem. Yeah. Uh, well, mine is um, Salesman by the Maisel, well, Albert Maisels, and I, I keep on forgetting. I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to look it up. Uh, forget the uh, the co-director's name. Um, it's the Maisels brothers and Charlotte Zwierin. That's a tough name to say, Zwierin. Um, maybe I'm not pronouncing it right. Uh, but this is my, I think this is my third time seeing this, and it's uh, its its really impactful still uh, over probably a couple decades. You know, its, it's if you haven't seen it, it's really it's just a do- documentary. It's a cinema verite uh, look at um, f- really four Bible salesmen going door-to-door, which is a world that uh, doesn't exist anymore. In fact, even in 1960, I think 67, 68 is when they, uh, when this took place, and it came out in 69. I think even by then it was uh, sort of a, a lost or dying industry, the, the door-to-door uh, professional sales per people. Um, really fascinating uh, uh, portrayal, or not not portrayal, these, these are real people, but one, one person in... in, in particular really stands out Paul Brennan uh, sort of the, the, the tragic figure because he's not very good at it um, and uh, gets a little little bit of pressure so I won't go on too much about that of course I recommend the movie it's uh, it's really a, a remarkable documentary and uh, a remarkable ex- example of cinema verite uh, how, how that can work to show show uh, human stories but what's neat about this, and I, I wish Criterion would do this more when they can, um, is when they do an upgrade, when they add a couple supplements. So we, we've talked about it before, but uh, so I, they added the Documentary Now series, uh, and the episode Globesman, and they also had an interview with uh, Bill Hader. And in Hader's interview, he talks uh, a good bit about the film and how it's in- impacted him, but he also talks about uh, how he uh, adapted that for his little segment for his TV show, which is a big deal to him. So it's uh, and, and I, I'm pretty partial. I've talked about it before about that series. So I really enjoyed that, and it was fun to watch the film. Even you know the film's pretty dark. I, I wouldn't say dark, but it's not light. Um, and then watch the uh, hilarious portrayal uh, of uh, adaptation of the, the film for this TV series. So 
a lot of fun and yeah if you haven't seen it highly recommend buying it uh, but uh, the uh, the documentary now episode is just another another bonus well that's that's the show so thanks for joining me um let's just close out with our piece of flair so again that's just items that we uh we are enjoying uh, that uh, that are not criteria related so um so david anything uh that you've had had fun well, with yeah actually uh uh, Aaron, I'm going to ambush you a little bit here because I we had talked earlier today about uh, you know about what we wanted to talk about, and I mentioned one film that I wanted to talk about, but I'm going to be a bit cheeky and sneak an extra one in, if that's okay. <laughs> okay. The, um, uh, I was going to talk about the Son of the Sheik, which I watched this week, which is a Masters of Cinema uh, Blu-ray of the old Rudolph Valentino uh, silent film. Uh, I was going to mention it just because, um, I mean, it's a fun film to watch. It's just kind of an entertaining kind of action picture uh, from the period. Uh, so it's fun to watch in that sense. But also just the, the Blu-ray uh, is absolutely stunning. It quite literally, this looks like a brand new film, but obviously in black and white with no sound. But um, but uh, it is absolutely amazing the the work that they're they're doing with some of these restorations now in these silent films, mm-hmm. and uh, the Son of the Sheik in particular. I just I was absolutely bowled away by by just how beautiful it looks, uh, and uh, so I would recommend if people get a chance to pick it up. Uh, it had a a Cohen um, logo at the beginning, so I'm assuming that they. Uh, have a Blu-ray in in the states that you can pick up there, which presumably is the same transfer and everything. So, um, I would definitely give that one a quick recommendation. And I also wanted to mention uh, another film that I watched not this week, but just a couple weeks ago, and I did post about it on the Facebook group. But I just want to give a shout out to something called the Belladonna of Sadness, which is a oh, Japanese yeah. uh, animated film that uh, I picked up recently and I the reason I want to bring it up is because oh in the last little while it is the most uh, uh, sort of eye-opening um, sort of find for me like a film that I kind of was vaguely aware about but I never had a chance to see it before uh, and it is absolutely amazing film uh, it's a kind of an adult animation because the content it's a it's basically a story about a woman who uh, gets uh, sort of raped and uh, and then tries to seek revenge on the on the people who did it and all this. So it's not a particularly nice story, but uh, but the uh, the way that the story is told is through this very unique animation style. That's kind of part. It's kind of like uh, uh, sort of panning across these kind of amazing pieces of artwork, and then there is some d- different styles that go in throughout it. But it's a- absolutely it tells a story. In a, in a very um, artistic kind of, there's a lot of uh, metaphors and and uh, really beautiful imagery and stuff to uh, to tell this story about this woman's trials and tribulations and uh, and it has this really cool kind of jazz fusion soundtrack kind of kind of rock jazz kind of uh, fusion and um, the imagery is just beautiful and amazing and and. Uh, uh, it is just such an, a really amazing uh, film that I, I just wanted to give it a shout out and just let people know that you should check it out because it's really cool. <laughs> so believe it or not, I have not seen Belladonna Sadness. It's been on my list. Um, that's In uh, the U.S., it's uh, under uh, Arbolos. And if you know, um, in our group, Craig, Craig Rogers, is uh, he, he does a lot of their restorations. Mm. 
So, so you're going to be proud. I'm. Um, oh, I'll have to find it. Well, I was going to buy it on as on the show, which is something I've done before. I bought discs, um, but I have a, a massive uh, Amazon um, gift card balance. So I was gonna. I'm, I'm gonna grab that um, when I can. So yeah, definitely. It, it's it definitely worth it. I mean, it it is absolutely stunning. I was totally gobsmacked. I mean, obviously, it, it's my own personal taste or whatever. So some people might not like it, but but um, if you like animation and you like Japanese films and stuff, uh, I think uh, uh, you'll find it quite quite striking. Uh, it's just visually quite stunning. Uh, piece of work and just amazing images and and the and the music and everything i i just was really blown away by it so i'd definitely snap it up if you if you uh, if you're interested yeah not available i wonder if it's out of print so but you can rent it so I, I'll, I'll rent it you'll you'll be um even happier that i also as we were talking i bought son of the chic oh, good, <laughs> so yeah. that was when i was i was kind of leaning towards so you uh you, you pushed me in that direction so Mine is a documentary called Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound, and it's a documentary about uh, about filmmaking in, um, or about the, the, the creation of sound in film. So for people like you and me who are into, into film and cinephiles, there's probably a lot of stuff we already know in this documentary, but it really is comprehensive, and, and it does go get into a lot of the mainstream films, and, uh, and it has a lot of the, the big, sound, big, big names in sound. Um, Really, really uh, enjoyable documentary, though. Really pleasurable. So, um, so even if you know about Foley artists and uh, and and all the other elements of sound, it, it covers it runs the gamut um, about uh, how how sound really is a uh, an art. And uh, so, it played at Cannes last year and was pretty highly acclaimed. And I know in the states it's available to rent, so I'm sure it's probably available out everywhere. Um, just as of the last uh, couple months, so. All right. Well, uh, David, where can people find you on the internet, oh. uh, or do you want to be found? <laughs> uh, do you want to find me? I guess that might be the the real question. Uh, I don't really. Um, uh, my only social media presence really is just uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook, and I'm uh, always happy uh, if people want to get in touch with me or have a chat with me or whatever. Uh, and I I take uh, part in the Criterion now. Facebook group. I'm a member of that, and I post on there fairly regularly, kind of uh, sort of in peaks and troughs, though. I might post a lot over a couple of weeks and then not post anything for a month, but but I'm on there, and uh, by all means, come and say hi. I'm always happy to uh, have a chat and uh, what have you, and talk about films and stuff, so yeah. Yeah, you're you're great, great in the group. Uh, I'm in the group too, so yeah. I'll just say find us in the group. It's a great and, uh, group, actually. It's a really friendly bunch of people, very inclusive and uh, really nice thank atmosphere. You. And I, I, it, it's one of the only things that kind of keeps me on Facebook nowadays, to be honest. Uh, and that's <laughs> I'm not just saying that. That's that's true. Likewise, <laughs> I, 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 being honest, I'm. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, there, say Facebook has its issues. So, well, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, I will. Tell the listeners you can find us on Criterion Cast. Uh, I, I don't think Ryan would mind me saying this. Um, so Ryan Gallagher, who uh, runs Criterion Cast, he was laid off. So uh, please support the Criterion Cast Patreon. I hope that will uh, help him uh, kind of make things, you know, kind of hold things over until we get through this and he can get back on his feet and hopefully employed with the same company, uh, Pal's Books. So. Um, and yeah, that's it. Follow us on uh, Facebook, and uh, and yeah, hope you enjoy the episodes. Yeah, so, and thanks for having me, Aaron. It's been really nice to talk to you. 
and uh, and I, I want to uh, send out my best wishes just well really just to everybody because obviously this is quite an extraordinary time and it's uh, you know mm -hmm. I just want to send my best wishes out to everyone and hope you're all staying safe and well and uh, hopefully we'll all get through this uh, I, I echo that be safe uh, stay six feet away from people and but I'll, I'll say that we will get through this it's just the question of when so I hope hopefully sooner rather than later but uh, either way Got to be safe. So uh, take care, David. Yeah, you too, mate. Uh, we'll speak, speak to you soon.